This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Star Wars, the one with the little wizard boy. Welcome to Rogue One Radio, your source for sweet jams and conversations about a galaxy far, far away. And now, from the remnants of Jeddah City, it's Rogue One Radio. Why, you stuck up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder! All right, we are live. Thanks for joining us. This is Rogue One Radio. We are at episode number 36. I am uh, part of your host team, Steve. Uh, With me is Charlie. And joining us as a special guest tonight is Megan. How are you folks doing? Good. Long day, but good. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Charlie, you've been uh, you've been uh, out out of uh, out of New Mexico for for a bit. So, how's that going? Uh, well, I mean, uh, well, I'm here in New Mexico, but uh, you know. Oh, okay. I thought you had already been uh, gone up to to Vegas. No, that's this coming week. Oh, okay. Okay. So th- that'll be interesting, but uh, so I uh, I will take it uh, f- squarely on my shoulders. The reason why we are a little tardy tonight is my fault. Um, uh, I darn time change. I was like, man, I, I got plenty of time, and then it's like, oh no. So uh, yes, uh, <laughs> here we are. So. Um- We'll just start the uh, this little intro chatter thing we do. Uh, as far as movies, books, and whatnot, uh, what have you been up to this week, Megan? Uh, reading. Uh, what What's that? Like, Besides like something I deeply miss. Because <laughs> it's like I'm still trying to catch up on Light of the Jedi. It's like oh, wow. I want to read it. It's like I'm halfway through that, but suddenly or recently i should say my schedule got really crazy new people got added in because i work as a respite care provider and what that means is i come in for mom dad or other legal guardian and help in my case their special needs kid so that again mom dad or guardian can have a break so it's like because i do that i just added another family in on top of my already packed schedule so it's like uh reading I wish <laughs> that and also trying to uh, grow my own blog from an autistic point of view because I have high functioning autism add that in there on top of daily chores you know cleaning working out yeah. needing grocery shop things like that it's like I see that book I want to read it I want to catch up but it's like no time I fall into my bed at night and it, literally it's like turn tv on within like half an hour i'm out yeah i hear you yeah i've got a my youngest daughter is uh um what you'd consider high functioning as well um so that's definitely uh definitely is not uh doesn't make things easy sometimes and 
Yeah, because the strange thing is, it's like I'm so high functioning to almost be considered typical, but I also have some of the, I guess you could say, quirks or characteristics mm -hmm. of an autistic person, like the social stuff and then the struggling to understand things, especially like school academic stuff. That took me like a really long time. So it's like I fall into this weird category of almost typical, but not quite. So it's like, where do I fit? Which is eventually how I stumbled into starting my own blog from an autistic point of view. Mm -hmm. So you can see life from like, I'm not quite as severe as some of, some of the kids you see, you know, on those specials and are always talking about on those like, celebrate autism days it's like i'm not as low functioning as them but then i'm not as high functioning as some of the other special needs kids that you see featured on those specials that often get hired at companies like let's say microsoft or google or places like that where it's more about the intelligent side yes i'm yeah. intelligent but i'm more art like um artistically intelligent rather than like let's say academically like your math your science your things like that yeah Sure. Cool. So, uh, what about you, Charlie? What have you been up to uh, this week? Oh man, um, as little as possible. Uh, started <laughs> off with one uh, division, of course, on Friday. Uh, had a lot of great discussions on that. Uh, got a uh, part two recorded for a. Uh, podcast special that uh, I'm doing with uh, Nicole. Uh, we released episode one this week. So uh, if there are any fans of Narnia, you can go check that out. Um, and uh, the next one will be uh, released next Monday. Um, uh, reading, uh, I got the uh, second book series for uh, David Eddings in uh, the Malarian, I think is how you pronounce it. Uh, it's a continuation of the Belgariad, uh, one of my favorite series. Uh, also have uh, uh, the Claudia Gray novel that I'm working on and Harry Potter novels as well. Awesome, awesome. Well, I do want to welcome a couple of folks uh, into the chat room. Nicole is with us. Thanks for coming and chatting with us, Nicole. And uh, we have RFB with us as well. So good evening and welcome to the chat. Invite your friends. Um, as far as me, I've been, uh, I, I did watch WandaVision Friday. Um, I still have not jumped into into the dark yet. I'm, I'm, I'm still in, in comics books mode. Uh, so I read a Star Wars comic uh, in there somewhere. Uh, but I finished the... Uh, Dark Knight's Death Metal series. I finished the main series, uh, but that prompted me to start reading some of the one-shots. Uh, so I've read a couple of those, and there's a few more that I want to read, but the uh, local comic book shop doesn't have them, so I'm trying to track those down. Uh, and I'm also in the middle of reading the book uh, Doomsday. The, well, it's a, it's a comic book. It's a... Uh, 12-part series called uh, Doomsday Clock, and it's kind of a sequel to Watchmen, but not really. I was thinking that was a graphic novel. It, well, it was a uh, Watchmen was a graphic novel, yes. 
uh, Doomsday Clock originally came out as 12 separate issues. Mm. Uh, and it is a it is a trade paperback now, um, but I'm actually reading it in its original format in the, in the twelve issue uh, miniseries. Nice. Um, and today on my lunch break, I finished issue ten, so I'm getting pretty close to that. Uh, I've still been reading Future State, and that is going to be over sometime sometime next month is when that that DC series will be over and then it'll go back to quote unquote normal um but yeah that's that's about it i haven't, I haven't been watching any uh i haven't been watching any tv other than wandavision really i mean other than just kind of like watching something for background noise <laughs> right yeah yeah. yeah, same here, because literally my favorite thing to do when, let's say I'm doing laundry or I'm cleaning the bathroom or I'm cleaning my room or something, or I'm vacuuming out the car or something like that, favorite thing to do is throw on a podcast or throw mm -hmm. on uh, YouTube videos that I've been waiting to catch up on and just yeah. zone out. Well, it's like, it's like with music, like sometimes I'm listening to music because I want to listen to that music and I pay attention to it. And other times I just want it there for background noise because <laughs> it's, it's actually, it's actually very hard for me to do much of anything without music in the background. Um, right. So uh, good catching up. And uh, so it's been a, a week or two since we've done, done a show. Um, and uh, tonight we are continuing our Skywalker saga retrospective <laughs> with uh, with a new hope. We'll be talking about that. Uh, we've got some uh, our top five list coming at the end of the show or toward the end of the show. And we got a, a real short. I don't know if you want to call it announcement. Just just but just we need to. Yeah, let's just call it. It's a short yeah. announcement. Uh, and, and then, of course, we've got uh, our news that we're going to be covering here in a bit. Um, but, of course, it would not be Rogue One Radio if we didn't have music. So um, we're going to go ahead and start with our first uh, musical interlude of the evening. Uh, this one is by a band called Gentlemen Rogues. They are from Austin, Texas. Uh, let me get it queued up here. Uh, so these guys, yeah, they're from Austin, Texas. And this was a single that was released uh, back in December. And it is called Do the Resurrection. Here we go. Yes, it may you 
There we are. Gentlemen Rogues. With, why is it still playing? Okay, that was odd. Okay, so that was Gentlemen Rogues with Do the Resurrection. Uh, just real quick, we've got another uh, um, person that came into the chat, Charles. Uh, thanks for coming back to our chat room and talking Star Wars with us. Good to have you. So we're going to go ahead and jump into our news segment. And uh, why don't you go ahead and start things off there, Charlie? All right. So uh, for this uh, bit of news, it is a little bit of Star Wars, a little bit of rock and roll. Wait, no, uh, <laughs> a little bit of uh, Last of Us, um, mm. the Last of Us TV show has cast Pedro Pascal 
from our beloved Mandalorian series as Joel. Uh, for those of you who do not know anything about Lo The Last of Us, it is a video game that was on the PlayStation, uh, a post-apocalyptic type game uh, where you played uh, two main characters, Joel uh, and um, Ellie, I believe was what her name was. It's been a long time since I played it. Uh, so, uh, and they've been talking about getting a, uh, a show similar to this uh, for quite some time. Uh, it was a PlayStation bestseller. They even remastered it for the PS4. Uh, so, yeah, a really great story that they had in there. It was written very well. Uh, and then with the success that they had with The Walking Dead, uh, they're like, man, this would make an even better show. So they're going ahead and doing that with Pedro Pascal as the lead. Awesome. That's a good, I could see him playing that. That, uh, yeah, I could see him portraying Joel pretty well. Yeah, 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 I think it'll work. He has almost like that quiet voice that, uh, you know, that just resonates and you just want to listen to what he's saying. And uh, he definitely has the acting chops for that as well. Uh, yeah. And hey, for this one, you actually get to see his face a whole lot more. <laughs> oh yeah, I like it in Wonder Woman '84. <laughs> Not that you'd want to, but you know. Uh, right. <laughs> um. So I've got some news that is more uh, Marvel Comics related. Um, Marvel uh, Disney Plus is going to be doing a cartoon called Marvel's Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Mm. And uh, mm. when when I first heard about this, uh, I was definitely interested. Um, and I had read somewhere that Lawrence Fishburne was going to be uh, one of the executive producers. So I was like, well, that, that'll be interesting. Mm -hmm. But now we are getting word that not only will he be doing uh, duties as executive producer, but he is going to be the voice of the Beyonder. Uh, so if anybody out there is familiar with the Marvel uh, universe and uh, in particular uh, the Marvel universe of the late and or, or the mid and late 80s with the uh, Secret Wars uh, crossover event that happened uh, back around that time, the Beyonder was this uh, hmm, can't really call him an alien. He was basically just kind of a a cosmic being that was uh, super overpowered and uh, a really fun character as you got to know more about him. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, just, just thinking of Lawrence Fishburne as the voice for the Beyonder, I, I think is, uh, I think that's going to be amazing. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely it, sounds interesting. Yeah, that'll be that'll be fun to to check out when I don't have any release date news or um or anything else about uh, about any other casting uh, voice casting for this. Uh, I heard about it once a couple of months ago, um, and then this is the first time I'm hearing about it again. Uh, but yeah, well, cool. it was uh, it was pretty cool. Uh, what do we have next? I think you've got so, some also Marvel. Yeah. yeah um, 
this is also coming from the plus uh very similar to what we got at the end of uh mandalorian uh to help fill the gaps with the uh behind the scenes look uh we're going to get one uh it's called uh marvel studios assembled and uh this chapter is going to be making of wandavision so I know we have a lot of WandaVision fans that, uh, that listen to us. Uh, so uh, if you're ever wondering, wonder why they did that or how did they do that, I'm sure the answers will be explained. Uh, it, again, it will uh, debut after uh, WandaVision has ended and uh, fill in the gap between uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier start time. So it looks really cool. I can't wait to see what they do and, uh, you know, their whole thought process behind it. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be really cool. Um, kind of switching gears with this next one. This one is actually DC-related. Um, and there was an announcement this came from – I actually got it from DCComics.com. And uh, the movie world – of the Superman, uh, the motion picture from 1978, and Batman from 1989, those movie worlds are heading to comics later this year in uh, two, uh, what they're calling uh, DC Digital First series. So they will they will uh, release on digital first, uh, and then later, um, I'm assuming, will be uh, hard print. Um so the, the Superman 78 title uh, will essentially be based on uh, events after uh, Superman the Motion Picture, but before Superman 2. Um, so that is uh, that's going to be interesting. That one's mm -hmm. going to be written by... Trying to find the writer for that one. Oh, uh, the writer for that one is going to be uh, Rob Venditti. Mm -hmm. And uh, artwork will be done by Wilfredo Torres. Uh, so the Batman 89, of course, will take place in the uh, Tim Burton slash Michael Keaton uh, classic Batman universe. Um, and that's going to be written by Sam Hamm and artist Joe Kinotis. Uh, so I didn't, uh, so basically that's going to, um, I'm not sure if that takes place after the first one and before Batman returns, but there is a mention of, uh, Catwoman. So it might be kind of, uh, coinciding with, with the second Batman, uh, but it also is going to debut a new Rob, uh, Robin. And uh, according to, to the writers, uh, they're going to be bringing in Two-Face. Um, but that is not, uh, they're not saying whether or not that's going to be the uh, Joel Schumacher Two-Face or if they're kind of going off the reservation on that one. Um, so, yeah, so that's supposed to happen sometime in uh, I think beginning in July mm -hmm. so that'll be interesting and uh, yeah. seeing some uh, movie worlds come to 
uh, the comics. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, speaking of uh, comics and movies and uh, some DC related stuff, uh, we also now have a start date uh, for a new Green Lantern series. So uh, this was announced that uh, HBO Max is uh, going to start filming uh, the new Green Lantern series uh, on April 12th. Uh, and it's going to introduce uh, multiple members of the Intergalactic Law Enforcement Agency. So, um, yeah, I, I'm kind of excited for this one. I've always liked Green Lantern, uh, other than the uh, Ryan Reynolds movie. Uh, oh, North come North on. <laughs> hey, come on. It's that suit. The suit just... Oh. <laughs> I I mean if it wasn't if I didn't like him in superhero movies I wouldn't have liked Deadpool but uh, yeah it was just uh, yeah. yeah so uh, but so that's uh, that's pretty cool that uh, they're going getting ready to reboot that series uh, for HBO Max and uh, HBO being HBO has a lot of money and they'll throw at it and uh, uh, hopefully the uh, it is written well uh, and I'm sure that it will be produced. Uh, yeah just great as well i thought i had read uh that they had a production start date maybe not maybe maybe um I well i guess it's already in production but they're oh, you okay. know they start, they start filming the show april uh april 12th oh okay okay that's that's that may have been what i heard um we actually have a question from the chat room uh, this comes from RFB, and this is directed to you, Megan. Do you follow any Marvel? Uh, comic books? Uh, no, not really, but TV shows, movies, etc. Uh, yeah, that's like my sec. For me, it goes Star Wars, Marvel, Disney, then DC. Okay. So, kind of. It's like I hear about the comic book stuff just as like background stuff so i'm looking for more info you know on the movies tv shows all that but i've never actually read a marvel comic okay yeah so i'm i'm, I'm big into the comic books of course but i i would probably consider myself more a dc guy than a marvel guy um like currently the only marvel comics that i'm reading are the star wars ones um now come i want to say may they're going to be doing a heroes reborn event and i will probably read that i i don't see any reason why i wouldn't uh just to check that out uh but moving on what uh, what news oh that this is my turn um actually i've got another dc announcement uh and it's about a uh new superhero movie that has been announced and this came from polygon uh, Blue Beetle is getting his own movie. So uh, if any of you out there are familiar with Blue Beetle, uh, this should be uh, quite exciting for you. Uh, if you don't know anything about Blue Beetle, uh, the Blue Beetle they will be uh, doing the movie on is, um, I want to say he was either the third... Mm, maybe in the third Blue Beetle 
uh, or a third person to bear the Blue Beetle mantle. Uh, his name was Jamie Reyes, uh, who is a Mexican-American teenager. And uh, basically he finds this, this alien um, like artifact. Uh, it's called the Scarab. And it attaches itself to him. And so it gives him uh, a bunch of superpowers and this really cool body armor. And uh, so we'll be, we don't have a, a production start date or anything, uh, but we've got a, a director has been named, uh, the director Angel Manuel Soto, who previously directed HBO Max's Charm City Kings. Uh, and, um, oh, I just found it. Yeah. The film is set to start production this fall. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually kind of looking forward to that. Cause that's a blue beetles, a character you don't, you don't get to see, uh, yeah. get, he's finally getting his due, I guess. Uh, and I, I imagine there's probably uh, a large chunk of, of even, you know, uh, regular comic book readers that don't really know who he is so well a good place i found to find more info on him or at least see him here and there is the young justice animated series which is how i found out about him and found out how he got his powers and found out a little bit about his background oh very cool awesome all uh, right. What do we got next? I think we got some more DC news. Uh, I do have another piece of DC news. And this one is regarding the Flash movie uh, that is uh, up and coming. Uh, the Ezra Miller uh, standalone uh, movie. Well, I say standalone. It seems like uh, <laughs> everybody in their uh, uh, aunt's dog is going to be in this movie. Um uh, you know, all the way from uh, Michael Keaton returning as Batman to, uh, you know, to this new uh, cast member. Uh, according to uh, the director, uh, Andy Muschietti, uh, they have cast a new character, Supergirl, for the Flash movie. Now, we're not really sure exactly how or uh, why this is going to fit in. Uh, but the director uh, said that uh, he saw more than 400 auditions uh, before settling on Sasha, and hopefully I pronounced this right, Calais. Uh, she is a young actress um, that's on The Young and the Restless, a uh, soap opera uh, drama type thing. Uh, there. So uh, anybody that might watch uh, the soaps and uh, Young and the Restless probably will be familiar with her. Uh, I am not as of yet, but I will be. Uh, so yeah, it looks pretty cool. Um, again, not sure how they're going to uh, fit it in, but with that multiverse that they're trying to put in, uh, you know, it could be a female version of Superman or uh, maybe it's going to be uh, Kara uh, his cousin, like we've seen before, uh, just never know. Well, uh, it seems like uh, the Me Megan is not too keen on that. <laughs> She's in the <laughs> chat room, not my Supergirl. Um, you know, I, I, I 
probably have to agree with you. I, I kind of like the Supergirl from the CW. I, I think she does a really good job. Um, now, I understand DC's trying to keep their movie universe away from their TV universe, but mm-hmm. with all the crossover that they're doing in the movie anyway, why not bring somebody in from the from the TV show? It's not that difficult. I mean, they brought, they brought uh, uh, you know, movie people from, uh, or, you know, from, and also uh, superheroes from non-CW shows into that Crisis on Infinite Earth crossover. Right. So why can't the movies do it? I mean, I'm it sure. It can be done. It can be done. Yes, yes. But, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll leave that at that. So we've got, uh, yeah, so we've got uh, Supergirl cast in the, uh, in the Flash movie. All right. And uh, for other casting news, uh, we also have casting news from the MCU. Uh, and that is the upcoming Ant-Man and Wasp uh, movie, which is uh, Quantum Mania, uh, which uh, from everything I've seen uh, is going to be absolutely bonkers. Uh, yeah, I really can't wait to see what they're uh, going to do with that. Uh, but Michael Douglas uh, held a Q&A on uh, his Instagram uh, just uh, earlier this week. Uh, I believe it was uh, the 19th of February uh, and uh, said that he was going to reprise his role as Hank Prim. Uh, so that will be interesting uh, to see how they're going to uh, do that, uh, bring him in. Uh, and that, to the best of his knowledge, that they will start filming this year. Uh, so, uh, if they can get that done this year, and hopefully, uh, you know, there's no other delays on it, and we can get uh, the third Ant Man uh, movie in uh, 2022. So, I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'm 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 excited for a new Ant Man. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Um... Yeah, I'm, you know, after after that last one they did, uh, it, it got a little weird there, but weird in a good way. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm definitely uh, definitely excited for the new Ant Man, and, and it seems like we're not alone. We got Nicole; she's excited for the next installment. Um, and um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Um, so I've actually got some additional. Uh, MCU news as well. I've got an update on the Hawkeye TV show. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we've got some new set photos from it. And this came from uh, uh, CBR.com. But the, the, the thing that I wanted to uh, discuss was that it was announced or, or kind of, it wasn't much of an announcement. It just kind of barely mentioned it in the article, but I thought it was a pretty big deal that um, one of his, one of his enemies, or, or I guess the enemies in, uh, in the Hawkeye TV show, I'm guessing uh, just one of the enemies uh, is going to be none other than the tracksuit mafia. Uh, so if, if you've read any Hawkeye comics, um, then you definitely know who the hawk, uh, the tracksuit mafia is. Uh, it's from the uh, the more recent 
Hawkeye series that was done by uh, Matt Fraction. Um, and uh, the tracksuit mafia was uh, was uh, was a fan favorite, and uh, they're actually going to be in the Hawkeye TV series, so that'll be great. Yeah. Uh, we got another newcomer to the chat, Greg. Welcome, uh, thanks for joining us in the chat. Good to have you, and I uh, hope you enjoy uh, your time with us. Uh, what do we got next? All right, so uh, who is ready for some Star Wars news? Oh, always, yeah. Me, yeah. me, me. Never a bad time for that. <laughs> right? Uh, all right, so first up, we have uh, the uh, much aligned, um, uh, much debated uh, director, Ryan Johnson. He confirms that uh, the trilogy that he was uh, supposed to have made is still in the works. Uh, so they have no timetable left on, uh, on when it's going to appear uh, or any other details. Uh, it just says that, uh, you know, that the trilogy is on. Uh, and uh, in the meantime, he is working on other projects but it will happen. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, we'll see how, uh, how that goes. Hopefully it is well received uh, as all star Wars should be. Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, let's see. What do I have? It's my turn. Oh, we've got a new comic book coming. Um, and it is going to be written by Charles soul. So that should uh, get you excited. And it is going to be called war of the bounty hunters. Mm. Um, so this will be, uh, based on, uh, what it sounds like mostly Boba Fett, uh, between the time of uh, Empire Strikes Back and uh, Return of the Jedi. So uh, I was really excited to hear about this, mostly because uh, it's Boba Fett and it's Charles Soule. <laughs> so, uh, you know, great, uh, great combination there. Uh, so basically it's just it's something that, you know, it discusses the events that happened before he gets to Jabba's Palace. Uh, and it's going to be a miniseries. Um, and it will begin in May and run until October. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be super fun. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So I guess it's on back mm -hmm. to me. So. I know RFB and I had a uh, discussion on uh, this book uh, and it was uh, called Secrets of the Jedi, uh, which uh, was uh, author was um, uh, Mark Sumerek, if I pronounce that right again, uh, kind of a wonky uh, spelling of a last name. So hopefully I pronounced that correctly. Uh there is a sequel to that book coming out. Now, Secrets of the Jedi was uh, 
uh, a book that was written from the perspective of Luke Skywalker and shared his knowledge about the Jedi, uh, commenting on things like uh, Anakin's fall, Force Ghosts, uh, abilities, and things like that. So we are getting a sequel to that. Uh, and this one is going to be um, from the perspective of Sheev Palpatine. And it will explore the mysteries of the Sith. Long live the Sith. Man, I can't wait for this book. This is going to be absolutely amazing. Uh, and yeah, uh, really, really can't wait for this one. Yeah, I, I know you're not excited at all because you hate Palpatine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Not my favorite character at all. No, not at all. Man, that's great. I'm, yeah, I, I'm, yeah I, I joke, of course. But yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to that one, too. All right. And just when you thought that we were done with Star Wars news, there is more. There's more. There Yay! is more. And, uh, this one goes out to all the Star Wars gamers out there. Uh, specifically the Star Wars gamers that play on the Nintendo Switch because Star Wars Hunters is coming to the Nintendo Switch later this year. So uh, it's a uh, it's a squad-based game, uh, free-to-play arena combat. Uh, it's, uh, you know, don't really have too much details on it right now. Uh, but it really looks cool. Uh, I wish I had a switch in order to play it. Uh, nice. you know, who knows? Maybe for Christmas, Santa will bring me a switch and I can pick that up. But well, we, uh, yeah, we actually have one now. Nice. My, my wife bought one mostly just to play Mario, but uh, uh -huh. yeah, yeah, so that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, so we have uh, had some good Star Wars news and some good comic book news. And um, so we've got uh, our main topic coming. We're going to be talking about Star Wars A New Hope, the movie that started it all. Uh, but before we do that, we've got our next musical break. Um, this one is by a band out of Orange County, California called uh, Taken Days. Uh, this song comes from an upcoming album that will be released next month. The album is called Every Second, and the song is called Giving Up. So here you go. rid of you step three skip straight to four you've got five more minutes till you're out the door so many hours and you're just too late time to quit time to rearrange nothing hurts quite like defeat but nothing really matters when you've got no dreams step back and walk away let the fight another day progress and survive Cause nothing really matters when you're not alive He wished upon a star Nothing worked, nothing got 
wasn't yours to make. Criticized with pure impunity. At the end of the line, step back and walk away. Let to fight another day. Through the struggle, I've realized that nothing really matters when you waste your time. Changed up for the start. Nothing worked. Nothing got me fucking pushed up for the start. Nothing worked. Nothing got him. Let's just give it up. 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 given up by taking days <laughs> gotta love technology yay all right so who is ready to talk some star wars new hope pick me, pick me. <laughs> why do you think i'm here uh, well yes we know <laughs> I, I thought it was our uh, our lovely dispositions no no not really no okay well <laughs> <laughs> I see how it is. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. So, yeah, uh, Star Wars A New Hope. Uh, as we've done for uh, the last three uh, that we've talked about, we'll start with the opening crawl. <laughs> so, <clears throat> me, me, me. Uh, <laughs> episode four, A New Hope. It is a period of civil war. Rebel spaceships striking from a hidden base have won their first victory against the awesome Galactic Empire. I mean, evil Galactic Empire. During the battle, rebel spies managed to steal secret plans to the Empire's ultimate weapon, the Death Star. An armored space station with enough power to destroy an entire planet. Pursued by the Empire's amazing agents, uh, I mean, sinister agents, <laughs> uh, Princess Leia races home aboard her starship custodian of the stolen plans that can save her people and restore freedom to the galaxy. So that might've been a little, my uh, interpretation of it, but that's right. yeah. yeah. 
So yeah, there we go. Uh, the uh, opening crawl, and uh, you know, for uh, for a general summary, Steve, you want to give a general summary of the movie, uh, like a plot synopsis. Sure. Uh, why don't we let Megan do that? I know she's All right. excited. <laughs> okay, where do we start? Uh, let's see. First, we have. I haven't had time to watch it recently because I've been so busy. Uh, so why don't you do it, Steve? Okay, okay, that's fine. Uh, so it starts off in a, in a, you know, there's a space puddle above Tatooine, and um, we we uh, we have the rebels uh, in a fight against the stormtroopers, and uh, Darth Vader shows up, and um, you know uh, we've got Princess Leia that uh, is dispatching the plans, which she just recently got from the movie Rogue One. Uh, into the R2 unit, and uh, they take off for uh, the surface of Tatooine, and um, and we have Darth Vader meeting Princess Leia, and uh, and uh, we should get to see Darth Vader for the first time, and that's pretty amazing. Um, and then we get down to the planet. And we see Luke for the first time, and he's he's kind of sort kind of sort of watching the battle from from his with his macro binoculars, and uh, so we've got uh, the droid to land, and they get uh, they start off on the desert, and they get captured by Jawas. These Jawas show up at Luke's uncle's house uh, to sell them droids. Uh, so they ultimately buy the two droids, um, C-3PO and R2-D2. And uh, Luke has a fit about having to stay uh, on, on for another season. Um, and then uh, R2-D2 runs away and they go looking for him uh in the morning and they get attacked by tuscan raiders uh by by them i mean uh, luke and c-3po um and then uh after they get attacked by the tuscan raiders uh obi-wan kenobi shows up and this is when um luke learns a little bit about his father and a little bit about the jedi and uh they he, uh, they find a message that's in the R two unit, and it's Princess Leia telling them that uh, he need the, she needs her father needs uh, Obi Wan's help on Alderaan, and so uh, Obi Wan wants Luke to come with him uh, to learn to be a Jedi. Luke uh, says no. Uh, they head off for Luke's home uh, to find his aunt and uncle dead, uh, which you know at that point he's agreeing to go to Alderaan with them. So they go to uh, go to Moss Eisley and hire Han Solo and Chewbacca and the Millennium Falcon. Uh, then they head off to uh, get off to Alderaan. They find out that it's not there. They get uh, sucked in by the Death Star with the tractor beam. And at that point, they find, uh, they find out that the princess is there. And they agree to go rescue her because Han Solo wants the reward. Um, so they go in and they rescue her while uh, Obi-Wan is off trying to disable the tractor beam. Uh, 
And uh, so they rescue her. And then they leave and try to get to the Millennium Falcon. And they get there and they come uh, face to face somewhat with a, a battle between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan. And uh, Luke watches Obi-Wan let himself die. And then they take off. And they're able to get away because R2-D2 disables the tractor beam. Um, or wait a minute. I think the tractor beam was already... Crap, now I don't remember. The tractor beam was already off because Obi-Wan turned it off, but didn't they turn it on yeah. again? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was turned off case, once, so, yeah, they turn it back on and then off again. Right, okay. So then they get off, uh, they fly off, and uh, they get to Yavin uh, 4, where the rebel base is at, and uh, they dispatch the plans, show them the plans on how to destroy the thing, and uh, at this point, you know, the Death Star is heading toward... Uh, the base because they put a homing beacon on the uh, Millennium Falcon, and uh, so there's a there's a big Death Star battle uh, between Tie Fighters and X Wings. It's pretty awesome, and then you've got the uh, the trench uh, combat going on so that they can get to the portal uh, to try to launch the torpedo down the, the exhaust port, uh, which you know finally Luke is able to do. Uh, using the force and not the uh, targeting computer. Uh, so he launches the torpedo down the hole, blows up the Death Star, uh, and for the most part, the only person from the Empire that lives from that escapade is Darth Vader, who was uh, who was out fighting in his TIE fighter. Um, and uh, then they head back to Yavin 4, and they all get their medals except for Chewbacca. Never quite understood why Chewie got left out of that, other than maybe he was just too tall to, to receive a medal. But yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so um, you know, we uh, th this is the original. This is the uh, the origin. Uh, you know, uh, the the first glimpse of Star Wars that anyone got to see uh, back in 1977. Um, Megan, uh, out of uh, out of a new hope, what are some of your favorite moments that you had for this movie? Ooh, uh, that's a hard question because there are so many moments. Um, let's see. There's Luke first getting the lightsaber and first learning about the Jedi and accepting like accepting to go along with Obi Wan uh, a bit later. Uh, Let's see. Uh, well, there's a lot, but for some reason, that's just the first <laughs> one that comes to mind. Sure. Yeah, that, that works. Because, yeah, because that's, I guess, the main one that kicks everything off. Because had he still said no, even after that, like that he wanted to continue moisture farming in his aunt and uncle, like in their memory, we wouldn't have everything we do now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Steve, favorite moments? Um, one of them that stands out to me is is really not necessarily integral to the story, uh, but the the cantina in Moss Eisley. Mm -hmm. Uh loved, you know, all the different uh life forms that were in there. That was really cool. Um 
I'd have to say probably my favorite scene, though, was the Death Star battle. Mm. Uh, the X-Wings and the TIE Fighters going at it. And uh, the, the, trench, uh, the trench run. Uh, that, that whole basically ending scene was, was my favorite scene. Mm -hmm. Um, we did get, uh, Greg, Greg said that, uh, here, let me just pop it up here. He, uh, he said as a young kid, the opening battle was the coolest thing that I'd ever seen at the time. Then Vader walked in. And from that very moment, I was crazed about Star Wars and nothing has changed. <laughs> I totally get that. Darth Absolutely. Vader was amazing. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, if I had to pick uh, one of my favorite moments, it's uh, it, it's that first opening uh, when the ships come into view and they're firing on each other, and uh, when even when I was because I was at the theater and my mom said that when uh, when it came on my mouth just dropped and I mm -hmm. sat there and was motionless in a, uh, you know, in the theater seat. And, you know, I, I can only imagine what I thought then uh, versus what I think now. And yeah, it's just, uh, it's an amazing scene, uh, especially compared to other movies that, that were around at the time and, uh, I was sucked in and it was believable. I thought yeah. I was witnessing something there. Uh, and then uh, I think the music uh, is another vehicle that uh, although uh, people say it's great, I still think it's doesn't get the credit that it's deserved. Uh, yeah. Uh, what an amazing uh <coughs> character for the movie uh that that music provides whether it's the cantina scene or oh, the yeah. uh you know uh just the uh the element of suspense that uh you know that it gets you uh the driving and then the ballads the uh you know the mm -hmm. binary sunset uh, you know it's just it's every moment is just captured beautifully by this amazing soundtrack so uh the opening scene and soundtrack are probably my two uh favorite parts of uh, of the movie yeah and so it, if i can say one more thing sorry oh, go ahead go ahead um, yeah it's like i'd like to build off um what he said that just the music too. It's like every time I hear the music, especially like Binary Sunset, it's just like, oh, I'm home. Oh, I just love this music. And another fun moment for me that I can't believe I forgot. It's a small moment, but it's when you first see the Millennium Falcon with Luke. It's like as they're walking through and it's like you first see it and it's like, like Luke, you can't help but think that thing's a piece of junk. There's like, there's no way it's going to save them. But then look at everything. But now, you know, everything that ship is done. And when you watch that scene now, it's like, you can't help but laugh. Yeah. Right. It may not look yeah. like much, but as Han says, she has it where it counts. That's yeah. right. So we have an impromptu trivia question from the audience. Question is, who can name the pilot that was in the one lone Y-Wing? 
I have no idea. Uh, I may love this movie, but I, like a lot of you guys, I basically just know the basics. Any ancillary facts like that? That's, uh, well, you know, RFB is our, our local lore expert. So, uh, you know, it's no surprise that he would come up with something to stump us. Uh, and I'm not going to Google it. Then how yeah. about this? We're all farm boy. Can you name him for us? <laughs> Flip the question back on you. Well, you know oh, he knows it. <laughs> then tell us. Because <laughs> now he has me curious. Come on, RFB. What was it? Was it uh was it Hera who didn't really exist at that time? <laughs> I have I have it if RFB doesn't uh, doesn't respond with it. You're right, RFB. It is a hard question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was a member of Gold Squadron, the only member of uh, the Y Wings to make it back. And there it is. Evan. All right. So thank you for that impromptu trivia question that made us all look like idiots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, no. It was, uh, I, I knew that there was a Y-Wing that made it back. I just didn't know who the, the pilot was. Um <laughs> But yeah, that's uh, I. It, Star Wars is such a magical movie that has uh, gotten us uh, one, gotten us all together to talk about it. Uh, it started off a massive franchise uh, that was sold for a billion dollars. Uh, and not like George Lucas wasn't already rich to begin with. Right. Uh, but uh, I mean, just the, the level of dedication and, uh, belief in a story to me really set this apart from other films of the, at the time. Um, yeah, I've yeah, talked before. Oops, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, because uh, if I can say a hot take really quick, but yes, I know a lot of people love Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, but for me, this one is my favorite for that reason, because it's a classic. It's the one that started everything. Without this one, we wouldn't have everything we do, and I wouldn't be here talking to you guys today. Uh, you're right. There, A lot of us would not be, I mean... Rogue One Radio would not be here. Red 5 Network would not be here. Right. Uh, The future of the Force wouldn't be a thing. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so say what you you want about Empire Strikes Back. Like it all you want. Same thing for Return of the Jedi and all the other movies. But again, this is why A New Hope is my favorite. Mm -hmm. You you certainly can't dispute its impact. Uh, 
on not only cinema, uh, but on uh, fandoms in, in general. And mm -hmm. uh, oh, uh, Adam is in the chat with us. Welcome, Adam. Thanks for coming in. Good to see you. Um, but yeah, I mean, cinema in general uh, has changed because of this movie. Uh, fandom, you know, uh, uh, conventions and whatnot. Uh, it's just been, it's been a, you know, they, they're, I'm, I'm guessing there were probably Star Trek conventions already by that time, but uh, this movie definitely took all of that up a notch. Yeah. Yeah, because honestly, could you imagine life without Star Wars? Uh, no. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. But I just, and as Steve was saying, uh, you know, even the impact on <laughs> that uh, that it made, if you think about what had to happen in order to film this movie. One, this is one of the first, uh, you know, sci-fi type movies uh, that uh, you really couldn't, you couldn't see the strings that were holding the ships up because before this, I mean, you know, it, you could see the wires as, you know, as the ships went, you know, went through and there wasn't much laser, you know, uh, laser fire. And if it was, it wasn't very well done. Uh, but just, just from a production standpoint, I mean, we got industrial light and magic from this yeah. and industrial light and magic has touched, I think 200 and almost 300 films. Oh yeah. For special oh, effects wow. since then. If, if there wasn't star Wars and if George Lucas didn't invent it, there would be no industrial light and magic. There would be, Oh, I had it here, but Skywalker Sound, Skywalker Sound, any of the THX stuff that you see at the beginning of movies, uh, yep. you know, wouldn't be around. Pixar would not be around because that was created for Star Wars. Uh, there were so many different companies that were created just to make this one movie, and it just went from there, and. You know, and it's it's just absolutely insane uh, to to think of uh, the impact that this one movie has done. Uh, yeah. I'll I'll always be thankful for uh, for this movie. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's mind boggling, really. Yeah, especially considering that it was made. Correct me if I'm wrong, but made during a time when. Most people thought that it would not be successful because at that time, science fiction movies weren't like that successful. That's right. correct. So how much of a gamble George Lucas took in doing all this, everything he risked and then everything he got back as a reward. Mm -hmm. yeah. And if I remember right, he, uh, uh, he had to negotiate uh, in uh, insane deal with the, uh, with the movie company because they didn't want to promote it. So he was like, I'll do, I'll do the promoting. Uh, you know, you don't even have to worry about any of the merchandising stuff. I'll take care of that, which ended up making him millions of dollars anyway. Uh, you know, all he said, all you have to do is, you know, put the movie out, produce the movie, give me the money to make it. Uh, and then I'll take care of everything else. And they're like, yeah, you know, why not? And if it that way, if, uh, if it doesn't work, 
then they won't have to worry about it. So, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, um, uh, uh, man, that's just crazy that he had to shop it around that much. Yeah. Yeah. And the, uh, the considerations that he had to make in order to, to get the movie produced and now look where it is. Yeah. Yeah. So many years later, look, look where we're at. So this movie has, uh, is actually the only film in the entire saga that I did not see in the theater upon its original release. Uh, I did see it in the theater when the special edition came out, um, but I actually didn't get to see this movie until um, I think it came on TV, like like regular TV. Um, mm-hmm. But um, but when it came out, uh, as I was saying in the chat, I was five and living in Germany, and where we were living, I don't even remember there being a theater anywhere, so there would not have been any way I would have been able to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's like, on top I've of the always, fact that I was five and didn't know what it was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, whereas for me, it's like I've always wanted to see it in theaters, but one, I had yet to be born when it first came out. I was still like 20 years <laughs> away from being born uh, to just to date myself. Um, and then two, it's like whenever they had those movie marathons, you know, before the sequel trilogy, it's like, I've always wanted to see them, but yeah. unfortunately my schedule just didn't work out and allow me to do that. So I was like, I want to, it's right there. I want to, but that's still on my bucket list is to see it in theaters. Yeah. It's uh, I, I didn't, I don't remember the first one. I remember seeing empire. I know I was there in the theater because uh, mom couldn't find a babysitter. I've told that story uh, quite a bit, but uh, so she took me to see it and sat in the back in case I was fussy. Uh, but, uh, but I wasn't. And then when they re-released it in, I think it was 90, 96 or 97 uh, for the special editions they sent to the theaters. Uh, and I saw them there as well. Uh, you know, so it's, yeah, uh, always a special place in my heart. So another uh, another newcomer to the chat, Salacious Rum is with us. Welcome to the chat, and thanks for coming on with us. Good to have you. And uh, <laughs> if I can add one more thing on the topic of theaters, any do you think there's any chance in order to lure people back to theaters after everything's going on? Do you think there's any chance of them showing them in theaters, like at a discounted rate, at like five, ten bucks? I don't see why not. They could. Yeah. I mean, they just they released Empire in the theaters for the 40th. Um, yeah. I'm sure they'll do the same thing for Return of the Jedi. Uh, and uh, I know some of the theaters that were uh, that had Empire were willing to show all three, uh, you know, in a row, uh, which is always a fun uh, fun time if you can, uh, get to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I brought it up because yes, there were theaters that were doing that around me, like. Uh, what is it? I want to say like the middle of last year, like June, July of last year, when it looks like things, okay, we're getting them under control, getting them under control before having to close down again. For a minute there, they were showing them in theaters, but unfortunately not anywhere near me or at a time I could see them. So 
I just had that thought. Do you think they'd do that again? Which is what made me ask you guys. I don't see why not. If there's money to be made for it, I'm sure they would. Yeah, absolutely. I don't see why they wouldn't. Uh, so we've talked about all the stuff that we like about the film and, and how, you know, what, what we thought was great about it. Was there anything about the film that you didn't like? Uh, parts of the dialogue were a bit clunky. Um, uh, I'm, I wasn't a big fan of, uh, the, uh, every time you turn around, there's another edition of the movie. Mm. <laughs> um, and, and I understand, I, I understand that, you know, Hey, uh, that, that wasn't my true vision. If I had the technology today that, you know, then that I have today, then, you know, it would have been different. Uh, but it's like, every time I turned around, there's a new VHS, you know, set that was available to buy. And, uh, and so, yeah. Uh, other than that, not really. I, I, uh, I just loved, uh, 99.9% of it. What about the whole, but I was going to go into Toshi, Toshi station to get some power converters. Yeah, that was a little annoying. Um, I would say kind of bouncing off that one of the things that I didn't like about it uh, on top of some of the clunky dialogue that you mentioned was uh, some of the bits of, of Luke Skywalker like that one. Some of the, some of his scenes were a little annoying. Well, I mean, when I, when I think about it now, I mean, and you see how Anakin was portrayed you know, years later, wow. uh, I, I can kind of see that. So, you know, uh, Anakin was a little whiny and, you know, it, yeah, he was. Yeah. So, although, I, 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 yeah. although uh, what's interesting is, yes, I understand what you guys are saying and can see where you guys are coming from. But another hot take here, those actually didn't bother me because I remember how I was at Luke's age, both, in a new hope and then also anakin's age in uh in phantom menace and then all those movies like i remember acting similarly so it's like when i saw those on screen it was like at least for me it was like okay those didn't bother me so much so it's like yes i can see where you guys are coming from but at the same time for me personally it was just like okay that didn't really annoy me i could see myself saying something similar okay yeah 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 But yeah, uh, I, there's not much to dislike there. So no, not not a whole lot. Um, so one of the other things that we wanted to talk about in regards to No Hope is uh, what about this movie uh, really set it apart from other films that were made at that time? Um, well, go ahead. Well, for me, it was definitely like the space battles and like all the laser blasts and the guns and everything. Because this was, I want to say, the first actual sci-fi or like space opera type movie I had seen. So essentially, the action and set in space, uh, along with everything that you start slowly started learning about the Force, is what helped to bring me in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, um, and, and Greg, Greg, uh, Greg over here in the chat stole my uh, stole my answer, and and really it was just the special effects that set it apart. Uh, the big thing for me that I think set apart uh, for movies at that time was the special effects. Um, and then, um, a lot of the concepts that were, that were explored, uh, you know, maybe on the, uh, for lack of a better term, kind of on the spiritual side of things, uh, the things that were explored, uh, that hadn't quite really been explored in movies, uh, around that time. Right. Um, if I had to pick, uh, uh just a couple of things. Uh, realism as far as even just between different ad adventure type movies uh, not even uh, 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 sci-fi movies because there weren't that many sci-fi movies they just were not popular at the time yeah. uh, but it, as far as adventure type movies uh, there was just more of a sense of realism uh that pulled you into it, uh, whether it's the special effects or, uh, or just even just the way that it was shot, the practical effects, uh, looked realistic rather than, uh, you know, the other stop motion type stuff that was used at the time. Um, and another thing I think that set it apart for me was it's a movie of contrasts, whether it's, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, say Tatooine, that's all brown. And then you have the empire and it's white and black and it's, it's solid. There's really no gray area, whether it's the light side of the force or the dark side of the force. Uh, you know, there's no middle ground there. Uh, it's, it's a huge movie for contrast and, uh, they took a chance with that because there's not a lot of movies at that time that were uh, either this or this. There, you know, no middle ground. So uh, I thought that that was a very cool concept uh, to have, both visually and phil philosophically. Yeah, that and something else that I also liked about this movie is the fact that everything actually looked lived in Vice and some of the other like sci-fi or in the future type stuff they've at least that i've seen before on tv or maybe like small clips and movies and stuff that i've seen is in star wars like i said everything looked dirty looked lived in looked more real than other things i've seen yeah it wasn't as sterilized as uh as other movies yeah i see that yeah i mean if you take a look at uh say um, Battlestar Galactica or mm -hmm. the black hole and you have the way that the uh, their droids are portrayed versus the way that Star Wars portrayed them uh, the uh, in other movies if something was a machine it was blocky it was it acted like you would think a machine would whereas uh, in Star Wars everything was organic even the mechanical parts were organic mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, so uh, you see there, RFB chimed in. Always the story. He wants to hear a story. Yep. That's what, that's what yeah. So, yeah. Uh, the story was, uh, I mean, if you really think back on it at the time, it, it, 
the story was kind of really one of a kind. You weren't getting that sort of thing from the movies that were coming out at that time. Mm -hmm. uh, even the sci-fi, you know, any, any sci-fi TV shows or, or any movies that were out, it was completely different. It was, um, yeah, it was a much, much better story and a, and a more interesting story. Mm -hmm. And um, as we said before, you know, without this movie, none of us would be here talking about all this. Yep, I agree. <clears throat> uh, any either of you have any final thoughts about the movie you wanted to lay down? Uh, I think I pretty much nailed everything I wanted to say. Okay. Yeah, same here. All right, great. So uh, any other thoughts you have about uh, Star Wars A New Hope, uh, just you know, jump in and you can, you can tweet it to us. Here's our link down here. Um, any questions about it that you'd like us to answer, uh, we'll be sure to get back to you on that. Uh, but that wraps it up for our uh, New Hope discussion for tonight. Um, so coming up next, we're going to be doing our top five list. Uh, this week, it is top five lightsabers. Um, so, Megan, if you have any in mind, feel free to um, participate, but, but you're not obligated to participate. Uh, however, before we jump into our top five lightsabers, we've got our last musical break of the day. Uh, this one is from a band uh, called Foxgrave. They are from Lansing, Michigan, uh, and this is from a single that they released last year, I want to say sometime in May, uh, and this song is called Method Actor, so let's see if I can get this thing to play on the first try. And here we go.
All right, that was Foxgrave with Method Actor. So that time it worked. <laughs> right? Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, those, uh, what did I say? Those guys are from Lansing, Michigan. That was pretty good stuff. Interesting uh, newer band. Uh, RFB wants to uh, mention that he loves your background, Megan. Yeah, it's just a random one I pulled up online, but it's from uh, Rogue One. It's my favorite uh, standalone Star Wars movie. So I thought I just randomly, I wanted to throw something up on the screen behind me so it wasn't just black. So I went on went online to Google, typed in Star Wars backgrounds. That was one of the first ones I found. Figured out how to throw it up there to leave it up. And there you go. I like it. Yeah. Nice. Cool, cool, cool. All right. So we are going to be talking about our um, top five lightsabers. Um, so do you uh, do you have any in mind that you might that you think you might participate in this, uh, Megan? Or uh, yeah, luckily that this? yeah, luckily the music break gave me some time to come up with. Maybe not my favorite ones, but some ones that stand out to me. Okay. Uh, so generally how we do this is we, we've got our five, and Charlie and I kind of uh, bounce back, uh, starting from number five and then leading up to uh, our number one favorite uh, lightsaber. So um, why don't you go ahead and start off with uh, your number five. And, and if you don't really have a ranking, just, just name the first one on your list. Yeah. Now, the first one on my list, normally, let me preface this by saying normally I'm all light side, as you can see by uh, the stickers behind me, but I'm sorry, this one is just so iconic, I have to go with it. Darth Maul, because his it's the first one we see that's double-bladed, and that just like, that came out of nowhere, but that oh. is so cool. That's just a neat idea. Yes. Yes. Um, so, Charlie, what's your number five? My number five is uh, Ahsoka's lightsaber. Okay. Or sabers. Sabers, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, but actually, before I jump on to my number five, I wanted to, um, wanted to show Nicole jumped in and gave us her list. Uh, Ahsoka's, Leia, Yoda, Obi-Wan, and Mace Window. So all good choices. Very good choices. Uh, my number five um, is actually Ezra's lightsaber. Ooh, I from Star Wars Rebels. Oh, um, that, uh, I we just doing movie. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I even dug into the... I even dug into the comic books for my list. Um, but yeah, Ezra and his, uh, his combination lightsaber blaster pistol, uh, yeah. is my number five. That was just a, a very unique take on the lightsaber and, uh, really fun. <laughs> mm -hmm. Uh, so next on your list, uh, Megan, for me, the next one would be Mace Windows, not so much because of the design, but because it's purple and purple is my favorite color. So it's like, 
And especially since it's him with that lightsaber, just like, oh, that's hilarious. I love it. One for yeah. the color, one for the Jedi. Definitely, definitely. Uh, okay, so that uh, takes us to number four. Charlie. Number four for me is Darth Maul's double-bladed lightsaber. Uh, uh, as yeah. Megan pointed out, it's just, uh, it was a surprise when we got it. Uh, and I was very... Uh, very impressed with uh, the way that it could handle either a one or double bladed. Very good. Uh, so Charles has popped up uh, his list of his favorites, Ezra, Ray, Mace, Anakin, and Ahsoka. Uh, and then also Greg uh, has his list, uh, Luke's Green, Yoda, Mace Windu, Ahsoka, and Darth Maul. Um so my number four actually is also Darth Maul. Uh, it is uh, it is the first time in, in the movies that we get to see a double-bladed lightsaber. Uh, however, there is another time prior to that in the comics that we saw a double-bladed uh, double lightsaber, which I'll get to in a few moments. But, uh, but yes, the first time we get to see it in, in the movies, and it was... Uh, it was glorious. It was great to see uh, the the double lightsaber in in the, in live action. It was. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. So next one would which would be number three, uh, Megan. Uh, for me, that would be Obi Wan's because it just one of like, I guess you could say the three most iconic ones. Okay. So, because for me, it's one about the lightsaber, and two again because the Jedi, it's his. It's just so easy to recognize. Absolutely, so that's a good one. Yeah. All right, Charlie, you're number three. Mine is Count Dooku's. Okay. The, well, it's the first yeah. one that we've seen that has a curve to it. So uh, the way that it, uh, I, it's, it, it's a thing of beauty, uh, one, yeah. it's an art piece. Uh, and the way that, uh, you know, it fits into his hand. It, yeah, it's just Count Dooku's wa was pretty cool to see. Uh, I love that it had that slight curve to it as well. Mm -hmm. Great. So my number three is the lightsaber in the comics that, the Darth Maul lightsaber was based on, and that would be the double-bladed lightsaber of Exar Kunz. Mm. Uh, so that would be in the uh, Dark Lords of the Sith graphic novel, uh, as well as the Sith War graphic novel. Um, so, yeah, the first time I saw that, and, and that, that book was... Uh, I want to say the nineties. I don't remember the exact year that that came out. Uh, let's see. Dark Lords of the Sith. Um, that came out in. Oh, this is pulling up the book. Okay. That's not it. Uh, God, I can't remember the year it came out. Uh, da, 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 da. It was a part of the Tales of the Jedi series. It was uh, da, 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 da. 
Wow. Yeah, I can't find the year. Um, mm. It keeps wanting to pull up some some other book. Uh, oh, here it is. Uh, da, 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 da. So nineteen ninety five is what I'm I'm getting here. So yeah, mid nineties. Um, it was a really great book if you haven't heard or or, or read it. Uh, so uh, definitely check that out if you haven't had a chance to. It's uh, Tales of the Jedi, Dark Lord of the Sith, and it, it tells uh, it takes place you know hundreds of years before uh, Phantom Menace. And and as of course has been regulated to legend, so whether it's you know actually happened or not is uh, subject to your own opinion. <laughs> so that brings us to number two. And for me, that would have to be Anakin's because just the story behind that, how much that thing has traveled from. Anakin, then to Obi-Wan for many years hanging on to it, and then to Luke, him hanging on to it for a bit. Yep. All right, you're number two, Charlie. Kylo Ren's crossguard lightsaber. Oh, man, I didn't even think about that one. Ah, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, my number two was actually the Inquisitor uh, mm-hmm. lightsaber, the spinny one mm-hmm. uh, from from Rebels, mm-hmm. and uh, I just loved the design of that thing. It was just it, it was crazy. Uh, you don't you don't want to go up against somebody carrying that one that you know, especially if they know what they're doing. And that's a that's a weapon I don't want to go up against. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, that brings us to number one. So, okay. Uh, and then my number one, we actually saw really recently in live action. Can anyone guess? Hmm. Ahsoka's. There you go. Okay, that's a good one. But and yeah, but in particular, I the thing is though, I can't choose between. The ones she had in Clone Wars and the ones she had after, the white ones, because both yeah. are just so amazing. It's like, I, because like you know her for the ones in Clone Wars, but then also the white ones she has after are just, oh, those are just so beautiful. It's like, how do you choose between those? Yeah, yeah, those were really good. Those are great. Uh, Charlie, you're number one. This should be no surprise to anyone that knows me <laughs> at all. <laughs> but uh, it would be the saber that belongs to Sheev Palpatine. <laughs> it, it, the coloring, uh, the rose gold plate that's on there, uh, the sleek design, uh, and that crimson blade just really... Yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's a work of art, uh, a thing of beauty, and I wish I had one. Yeah, great. Okay, my number one is um, it's my number one just because this is so uh, iconic a blade, and and Megan already mentioned it, but I'm talking about the uh, Anakin Luke 
Ray lightsaber. Uh, this lightsaber has spanned three different sequel trilogies. And just, just the fact that, you know, just the iconicness of, of this lightsaber, uh, it's hard to not be on this list. Uh, and it's for the reason, some of the reasons that Megan uh, brought up, you know, it changed hands three times. Uh, and like I said, spanned three different trilogies and, and lasted that long and uh, it was just such a such a big part of all of these stories, and that is why uh, it's my number one. Very good list. Very good list. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, that is more or less uh, the end of our show tonight. Um, mm -hmm. I did have uh, one thing I wanted to mention. I'm not I'm not sure how to discuss this. Uh, we're not really changing formats as much as we are kind of returning to a format we were doing before Charlie came on board. Uh, and, it, and it wasn't really, it's not even really a big change. It's just kind of, uh, and, it, and it's still, I guess you could say it's kind of still in work because we're still talking about it and how it's going to work. But um, basically what we're going to do is we're going to be, um, kind of alternating the topics of our episodes every week uh, or every other week, rather. Uh, for instance, we're, you know, we're doing, we're still doing our Skywalker saga um, episode. So, so we did that today. Next week, uh, we are more than likely going to be doing a uh, kind of a, a more comic book, uh, comic book movie, comic book TV approach uh, with our, our topic. Uh, and then the week after that, we'll return and, and, and do the next uh, edition of our Star Wars, uh, or our, I'm sorry, our Skywalker <laughs> saga with Empire Strikes Back. Um, so it's just kind of, we're, we're not, you know, the, episode, the, the, the show is not going to be 100% uh, Star Wars, uh, but, uh, but we are not abandoning our love for Star Wars. We're just kind of changing things up a little bit. Um, kind of mostly so we, we don't burn out. Yeah, there's, uh, th there's so much to cover, uh, in our fandoms that, uh, you know, it's, you know, some things that we love just seem to get left out and we don't want to leave anything out. So we figured this would be the best way to cover as many bases as we could. So, yeah. Because I, I had actually thought of doing like a completely different podcast that was more comic book, comic book movie, comic, you know, everything that has to do with comic books, more focused that way. And then I just decided there's really no reason to do another podcast when we can we can just use the same uh, podcast for, for both formats. So just depending on uh, what we decide to do that week. So I think next week, I think the plan was to do kind of a recap on the premiere episode of the new Superman and Lois TV series. I think that's what we had discussed. Yeah. Um, so uh, if you, if you are planning on watching that, uh, that, that aired tonight. So uh, hopefully I'll, I'll go and watch that later on tonight. Um, 
And then join us next week for some uh, Superman and Lois discussion. Uh, and then the week after that, we will be back uh, doing our journey through the Skywalker saga. And we'll be talking the Empire Strikes Back. Uh, so I, I did want to say uh, thanks to everybody who joined us in the chat. Uh, I'll always love having you guys in here to engage with. And, and a, an extra special thanks goes to Megan for joining us on the show tonight. Thank you for coming. Uh, this, this is the second time you were on our show. Uh, you were on our show pre-Charlie back when we discussed, uh, what was it? We did a recap of the final season of The Clone Wars. Yes, yes. Yeah, it was you and Kat. And that was a fun show. So always fun to have you on the show, and uh, you're welcome back anytime. Yeah, thank you. It was fun being on here. Great, great. And uh, so you, so Charlie, you, you started a uh, a Smallville rewatch. Yes, yeah, I started that uh, listening to it again while uh, while I was doing some work today. I think I got through four episodes or so into it. Uh, one of my favorite uh, series that was on. Uh, so, oh man, don't get me started. I <laughs> I absolutely love that show. Oh my gosh! I mean, and and Joey, if you if you watched the show before, my son has been on the show before. But uh, to this day, anybody who's not Tom Welling is with using his words hashtag not my Superman. <laughs> Pretty strong words. Yes, he is. Yeah. And then what yeah. about Michael Rosenbaum oh, as Lex? Same thing? That, not, yeah, anybody else? Not my Lex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, that, that show was just amazing. Uh, there was yeah. a couple of seasons that were a little slow, uh, but as a whole compact show, it was just one of the greatest. Yeah. It was awesome. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about, Charlie? I think you had something you wanted to mention. Um, no, I think I'm good. Um, you know, just, uh, I, I, I think what I was referring to was what I said at the beginning, uh, through, uh, Nicole and I's, uh, uh, into the wardrobe series. Uh, so, uh, hopefully everybody got a chance to listen to that. Uh, if not, it is on YouTube. Uh, and I'll put it out on audio podcast form shortly and stay tuned Monday for uh, part two. And Great. thank you. And Megan. Yes. Yes. All right. Great. So uh, thanks everybody for joining and uh, we'll have this up on podcast within the next uh, day or two. And uh, as always, may the force be with you. Wait, does wait, Megan one yeah, there's one thing I wanted to do. Be right back. Give me two okay. seconds. Okay. Okay. Hmm. A surprise. We got a surprise. All right. Uh oh. Should we be nervous? I'm always nervous. So uh, while we're waiting, uh, the uh, Superman and Lois show is on uh, CW. Yes, CW. So if you don't have a CW, uh, it's on the. There's a CW app that's free. Uh, you will have to watch commercials, but otherwise, uh, yeah, it's. I don't think there's any and, other way of watching it. Oh, um, guys, 
I finally figured out which Jedi saved Grogu. Me. Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was supposed to be a bit better. You were supposed to see this was, I got a literal Jedi robe. Me, awesome. Grogu, Jedi robe. I saved him. Okay. There you go. That's awesome. <laughs> the, all right. The mystery is solved. <laughs> it was Megan yeah. all along. <laughs> we awesome. said it worked out Agatha. better, but nah. <laughs> Who needs Agatha all along? It was Megan all along. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, spoilers, man. <laughs> oh, oops. Sorry. <laughs> That's right. It's been out for almost a week. Yeah, I know. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, thanks again. Thanks for coming in, Megan. And thanks to everybody who joined us. And uh, have a great night. See ya. Thanks for having me.